0: One everybody. everybody. What a workout before we even start here. <laughs> the lights are shining on you. I'm sweating to death already. <sighs> I, think I was sitting on the drums and I was like, <sighs> I'm going to be 50, so, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Eh? So I think all the kids are already gone <laughs> uh, down to their classrooms. My name is Doug i now they're here at Living Hope, for those of you that don't know me, pastors are on vacation, and when we do series like we're going to be starting this morning, uh, we get the opportunity to be able to speak to uh, the children of God and give the pastors a little break, and they inform us what they would like us to speak about and give us some scripture so we go and we study, and then we listen for the voice of God, and then we bring the uh, word to, your, to the church. So this morning we're going to be starting a new series called Who Am I? And you know, in the world, a lot of people say a lot of things about a lot of people. You know, the world's always trying to tell you who you are and who you're not. And, you know, but we have to look at Scripture to see who we really are. Because Jesus spoke a word over us. And, you know, I could stand here probably for a long time, days, weeks, and months, and tell you all that Jesus has proclaimed over your life, everything that he said you are, But it would take a long time. So we're going to concentrate on one thing today. And this new series, like I said, is called Who Am I? And we're going to talk a little bit about what Paul said, that we're an ambassador of Christ. And over the next several weeks, we're going to get a little bit more deep into what that means, to be an ambassador of Christ. And today, my part is going to be part one. And it's called Appointed and Sent. So we're going to look a little bit what that means. And then, uh, like I said, over the next several weeks, you'll have some things to ask yourselves. You'll have probably some things in your life to line right back up. Because sometimes we lose heaven's perspective, don't we? When we're looking at the world and everything that's going on around us and the busyness of the world and the busyness of our lives, sometimes that's what happens. God gave us a responsibility. God gave us some things to do. But because we get so busy, we kind of put heaven's perspective aside. And we do our own thing. So let's pray this morning before we get started. Father, I want to thank you this morning for, God, just this beautiful day. God, your word says that you're the one that creates the days. You're the one, Lord, that let us get up this morning. You put breath in our lungs. God, to be able to praise you and to bring glory to your name. So, Father, I thank you that we can stand here this morning. We can speak your word. We can listen to what you have for us. And we can do that freely, God, without anybody coming in and and taking us, you know, into prison or different things. God, we're so free here, and we want to thank you for that. But God, help us not to take advantage of that neither. God, that we put your word aside, or we, we, we just live so free that we forget why we're here, and what the responsibility is now, once we come to know who you are, and we have that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So Father, take this word this morning. I pray, Lord, that You would just help me to disappear, and God, that you would let your people hear your word in their hearts, open their hearts and their minds, lead them, Holy Spirit, to truth this morning. We thank you for this, in Jesus' name, amen. So if we're talking about appointed and sent, now, appointed simply means this, it's officially chosen for a job or a responsibility. That's what appointed and sent means. Now, as children of God, you have a responsibility, just like my children have responsibilities at home. They don't think they do, but they do. You know, they got to bring out the garbage. They got to pick up after themselves. They have responsibilities. And when we come into the family of God, sometimes we think, okay, we can get saved. That's it. I'm done. No, 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 no. You're going to see through the scripture this morning God gives you something and he gives you a responsibility to take care of. You know, when we were created, when God created you and I, there was a plan that was put in place for your life. Do you believe that this morning? There was a plan that was put in place, specifically for you. Before you were born, God knew, the Bible said. He knew you. And David speaks of it in Psalms 139. Listen to what David said. He said, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And isn't it amazing? Each day, the Bible says, David's life, with all of its history, predetermined by God and recorded in his book, before any one of them actually came into existence. It's hard to imagine. Before David even lived his life, God knew it and wrote it. Before any of you did anything, God wrote the whole book of your life. Imagine that. And it it gives us a clear expression of this truth that God has an ideal plan marked out for every individual life. Everybody. So if you're sitting here this morning you think, "Ah, not me, I'm just a nobody. No, no, no. God has a plan for your life. Because God created you, not for nothing, not to sit idle. He's given you these responsibilities. So in the New Testament, Paul says this in Ephesians 2. He says, for we are his workmanship. In other words, we're his masterpiece. We're his artwork. We're God's handiwork, so to speak. And he says, we're created in Jesus Christ unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. And if you look at that word or that verb ordain, it simply means this, to arrange, to order, and to appoint. And it's an amazing thought. I was thinking about this. It's an amazing thought to think that God in all of his wonder, all of his grandness, specifically took time to form each and every person that's here. There's not one person here that God didn't take time before you were even born to be able to give you everything that you got, all of your personality, your eyes, everything. He knew everything about you, and he did that personally and specifically. He spent time to fashion us, and when he was finished, he arranged our days. He arranged all of our days. He put them in order. He spoke a word over our lives, and he appointed us, and he gave us a mission to live and to speak the gospel message to those that are around us he gave us his holy spirit he gave us his strength he gave us his word that we would never ever be alone you have to remember that when you're walking through life you're not alone jesus said i'll never going to leave you and he's enabled us to fulfill the mission that he set upon our lives that we should walk in the glory of god and be blessed and since the time of jesus folks since the time of jesus the message hasn't changed the mission hasn't changed. The message is the same as what Jesus spoke. And it's very simple. Come back to God and be saved. That's the message. Come back to God. So the job or the responsibility of an ambassador is to bring the message of reconciliation to men. Remember, Jesus told the disciples, says, If you come and you follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. In other words, Jesus was saying, I'm going to give you a supernatural influence over the hearts of men, if you follow me. I'll give you that supernatural influence because sometimes when we look at the people around us, sometimes we think, what in the world am I going to do for them? Because sometimes we look at our own lives, how we live, what we do. But this morning Jesus is saying, you got to forget about that. If I appointed you and I'm giving you this responsibility, forget about your life. Forget about how you see your life. I have a plan and I have a responsibility and I need you to be able to give that out to other people. 2 Corinthians five seventeen to 20 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, would I be there to say you guys are in Christ? Because I, can re- I have to read the rest of the scripture, so you have to watch how you answer. Are you in Christ? If you're in Christ, it says the new creation has come. The old has gone the new is here. And it says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself, but not counting people's sins against them. And he, was, he has committed to us, in other words, he's trusted us with it, the message of reconciliation. Now, I know there's some people that will say, ah, nobody can come to the God unless God draws them anyway, so what am I going to do? Could you imagine how much food a farmer would have if he didn't go out and plant seeds? (laughs) If he just sat and he said, "Oh, I'm waiting for God to grow the corn. (laughs) He needs to go out into the field. He needs to plant seeds, and that's what we're talking about today. Yes, God draws, but if you look here, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, and he committed to us the message of reconciliation. And he says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though we were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, folks, if you've ever wondered what your purpose is here on earth, I think Paul explains it pretty well in that verse. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are his ambassadors. And an ambassador is this. It's an authorized diplomat, who can deal with people in a sensitive and in an effective way, sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. That's what an ambassador is. They live in this country. They're sent to another country to reconcile the differences. When you think about it in spiritual realms, hey, we're going to get into it. Hold on. <laughs> the primary responsibility of is to communicate how his or her government feels about the important issues of relevance to both countries and to reconcile the differences between them. That's the ambassador's job. Hey, there's some problems between our countries, and we got to fix these things. They're the face of their country, and the way that they behave, the way that they speak, all has a direct influence on how others see that country. And in the spiritual world, folks, it's no different. The way that you act... The way that you behave is going to say a lot to people when we mention the word Jesus. When we mention the name Jesus and we're, we, we live a certain way, speak a certain way, and it doesn't line up to what the word of God says. Folks, there's a lot of people doing that right now. And that's why a lot of people don't want anything to do with the gospel message. The important issue to a lost world from heaven's perspective is salvation remember that that's heaven's perspective and man being reconciled to god it's the very reason that jesus came it's the very reason why he walked the earth and he gave us our marching orders didn't he to be ministers of reconciliation and to communicate the relevance of salvation you're going to see as we get in how paul communicated the relevance of salvation to the people that he was in his day Now, the ministry of reconciliation refers to the the work believers have been given to do and the message that they declare. And this is the message, folks. You can have a restored relationship with God through Christ. That's the message. You can have it. You can be set free. God can do whatever he wants to do in your life. But when they're looking at your life, it would be pretty hard for them to believe if you're like... And you 're always down in the dumps and you're always and you 're never allowing God to bring you forward you 're never allowing God to move you into his image you know if there 's only what was before and the new hasn 't come if i 'm looking at you and you want me to become like you, I might say uh, no it 's okay i 'm probably better off in my life over there you know but when we have the life of Christ and we 're representing the King of kings and we're we 're we're listening to his word and we're, we're asking the Holy Spirit to help us to incorporate that into our lives. And we start to be obedient and do that. Now they see Jesus. They don't see us. So ambassadors represent their leader or the country of origin that they work in. They work in a foreign country while retaining citizenship in their own home country. Now you see, that's our duty as followers, followers of Christ. We represent King Jesus here on earth while retaining our citizenship in heaven. Because our home, this is not our home. If you think that this is your home, then you have the wrong perspective. Because when you think from a spiritual sense, we're only passing through. We're just ambassadors here as we pass through waiting for our, for our new home. But for now, we have work that has to get done. Because some folks need to know the relevance of salvation. Where God has placed you in this world. Whatever he's allowed you to do, whatever gifts and talents he's given you, wherever he's placed you in society, in work, he's put people around you. And not for naught. You can't just say, Oh, I'm just I just work here. No, if you work, God put people around you. He's put people around you in your family that need to know the relevance of salvation. You see, God placed in our hands the responsibility of. To paint the right picture of God on the canvas of people's souls, so to speak. And with all of the confusion today, you know, with all of the foolishness that goes on in the name of God, someone now has to stand up. Young people have to stand up. Look at the foolishness that they see in their schools. Look at the foolishness they see with all of their friends and everything that's going on. Somebody has to take up the torch now. And they have to stand with a clear picture of God, yes, as a redemptive Savior, but also as a judge. Because sometimes a lot of people are only looking at God from one-sided. But we have to remember, and that's the message of salvation. You can be reconciled to God, and there's problems if you don't. If we look at Paul, my goodness, Paul would speak the message You know, he would go into a town and he was this ambassador for Christ and he would go in so gung-ho because he knew that the people in this town, they needed to hear this message. They would beat him up. They would drag him out of the town, read the scriptures, they'd beat him up, they would drag him out of the town, they'd throw him out of the town, they'd leave him for dead a lot of the times. And he would get up and he would brush himself off because he knew Yes, they beat me up. Yes, they hurt me. Yes, my goodness, they left me for dead. But there's a relevance to salvation to these people that God has asked me to go in to speak to. There's a relevance for the people that are around my life to hear the gospel message. And Paul is begging the people. He says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. And he's like begging the people, he's like, please hear this message of hope. Because there's a day coming very, very fast where hope is not going to be anywhere to be found. The Bible speaks of it. Folks, look at our society. We're going deeper and deeper into depravity and going deeper into confusion. And as Christ's ambassadors, we have to have this clear mind because I believe we're going to enter a time very, very soon where trouble is going to affect every aspect of life, believer and unbeliever. Trouble is coming down the pipes. And we're going to have to hear God's voice very clearly. We're going to have to hear his direction. We're going to have to hear it for security. We're going to need his wisdom to be able to speak a word into people's lives that they're, they're not going to know what to do. And the key to having a clear mind is to seek an intimate personal relationship with Jesus now. The Bible says, hear now, while you can hear now. Accept Christ now, while he's here to be accepted. We have to desire to know and to become like Jesus. As he, and he needs to be our role model. You know, the Apostle Paul in Philippians 2 says this. says, let, his, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. He took the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient. To the point of death, even to death on a cross. Now there's your two characteristics, folks, of an ambassador. Humble servant and obedient. You need those to be an ambassador. You see, Jesus had a clear understanding of who he was. Jesus had a clear understanding why he was here on earth. And he he regarded himself as a servant. He humbled himself before God. He was obedient to all of the commandments and the leading of the Heavenly Father. All of them. Everything the Father asked, he did. And when we get down to it, that's God's profile for you and I, isn't it? That's God's profile for you and I. If you want to have the mind of Christ, you have to see yourself as a servant here on earth. You have to see yourself as a servant. The Bible calls us to be ambassadors and bondservants for Christ. You do what God leads you to do. God gives the directives and you obey. That's the way it works, not the other way around. You don't tell God what to do and then hope that it comes through. No, God gives the directives. And we do what he's asking us to do. Paul said in Ephesians 6, Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. He says, Pray that I might declare it fearlessly as I should. Paul understood. Paul understood the assignment. The question is, do we understand the assignment? He understood the key to being an ambassador was obedience. Despite the outcome, despite his present circumstances, despite his chains, despite him being beat up, despite anything, despite the outcome, his allegiance was to the Lord of hosts. His allegiance was to God. God gave him directives and he simply obeyed them. Now here's... Paul's key to success as an ambassador. Galatians 2:20. Here's what he says. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. That's a hard one for us, isn't it? That's a hard one. Because if you want to be a good ambassador, you got to die to yourself. That's where a lot of us get tripped up. That's where a lot of us get stuck. We want to do God's way. We want to go God's way. We want to, you know, be his servant. We want people around us to be able to know who God is. But we can't get past the point of that scripture. I have to be crucified with Christ. And we sort of stand there at the foot of the cross and we wonder. We say, well, should I get on? Or do I, maybe I'll just sit at the foot of the cross for a while. And I'll never get on. I'll never get up there with Jesus Paul said, since I met Jesus, I've got a new focus. And it's fueled by the love of a Savior who went to a cross for me. Because I was lost and I was on my way to hell. That was his his, his very reason. He knew he was lost. There was nothing that he could do. He tried everything in life. He tried even to do religious works and and things. He tried it all. Left empty. But he said, God and his compassion for a sinner... And a longing to see that sinner made well and reconciled to himself. He showed me mercy when I deserve condemnation and judgment. God showed me mercy. And we're to go and to show the same mercy to a dying world. With the message of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says this. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have received from God. You didn't receive it by yourself. God put it there. God gave it to you. And the next part of the scripture is pretty hard. It says, you are not your own. So it kind of messes up our thinking. We think we can do what we want, when we want, how we want. But the Bible scripture says, if I'm in Christ, and I'm crucified with Christ, I no longer belong to myself. He says, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And how do we honor God with our bodies? We give him full control. Full control of our life and its entirety. Not, he doesn't want some of it. He wants all of it. And that's where we struggle sometimes. I'll give you, ugh, I'll give you 30%. <laughs> Can we make a deal with 30%? No, God says, I need it all. I need it all. Listen to this story. One of the best Christian stories ever told is the life of two missionaries. Two young boys who sold themselves as slaves to preach the gospel. They had learned about thousands of slaves in the West Indies, dying without even hearing the gospel because the owner that had all of the slaves in this land forbid any preacher and he forbid any clergyman to enter that land because he didn't want anything to do with God and he didn't believe in God. And he didn't want any of his slaves back then to know anything about God. And here's these two young boys in their early 20s, led by the Holy Spirit, And they stood one day on the dock and they said goodbye to their families and and their friends. They stepped onto a ship and they answered God's call to go and live as slaves in order to speak the gospel to the people who needed to hear the truth. This is a true story. Never to return again, ever. Because they sold themselves, in order to get into that camp, they sold themselves into a lifetime of slavery. Never coming back. And we asked the question, why would they do this? Because they knew it was the only way that they could share the gospel to thousands of slaves in Africa. Their families wept knowing they would never see them again. And the last words that were heard from these two young men as the ship went off into the distance. Now they could have said anything they wanted as the ship departed. They could have said, we hope to see you later. We're going to miss you. Think about us. Am I making the right decision? But no, here was the words that came from these two boys as they screamed back to the shore. They said, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. My, my, my. My, 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 eh? And we think, oh, it's only special people. It's only the special people that God calls to do this. Two young men, just being led by the Holy Spirit, ambassadors for Christ. And more than the inspiration that these two missionaries brings, it's really a challenge for Christians today to respond to God's call to go and to make disciples. Make disciples where we work. Make disciples in our families. Make disciples with friends. May the Lamb receive the reward of his suffering through us. And Jesus' reward is is our obedience, folks. To allow him to use us as he sees fit, when he sees fit, and to whom he sees fit. If we belong to God, that's what it is. You know what makes heaven rejoice? It's not everything that we try to do for God. It's not a great song service. It's not a life that's well lived. All those things are good. The Bible says in Luke 15, it says, I tell you, in the same way, there's going to be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who need no repentance. It's the sinner who recognizes his need for a savior and he bends the knee and he receives Jesus as his lord and savior that's what causes heaven to rejoice and that's what should cause us to rejoice we should i think maybe we need a new perspective going to work maybe we need a new perspective when we visit our friends that don't know who God is because heaven rejoices when one sinner all of heaven could you imagine the noise could you imagine the jubilee If we have the heart of God in us, there ought to be a desperate plea to see the lost come home. There ought to be this desperation to answer the call of God in our lives, in obedience for those that God has placed around us in this generation. You're not a mistake in this generation. Nobody's a mistake in this generation. God could have put you in any generation. Thank God he didn't put us back in those days. Think about that. God placed you here. There's no mistakes with God. It's no wonder Paul said we need our minds renewed. We don't think like these two lads thought, do we? I don't want to condemn anybody, but when God was showing me this, I mean, you have to understand, God speaks this to me first. I had to look at some things in my own life, a lot of things. And that's one of the thoughts that came to my mind. We don't think like these two lads did anymore. If we're to be honest, what percentage of drive is there in our hearts today to see the lost saved? Is it even a thought or are we too busy with ourselves, with our kingdom, with our successes that we have totally lost this perspective of heaven? It says if you want to have a clear mind, the mind of Christ, you have to seek to fulfill God's purpose for your life. And you have to determine, I talked to a lot of people about this before and I know you probably talked to a lot of different people too. You have to determine in advance that you're going to obey. If you're not going to obey, there's nothing more anything, anybody can do. If you want to have the mind of Christ, you have to determine to obey God's leading, His voice, His word, and it can't be anything about you. It can't be anything about what you're going to gain. It has to be about the kingdom perspective and about what God's will is here on earth. That's where the, if you look up, I'm crucified with Christ. That's where we have to get on that cross. That's where we need God to come and take the old out, take out all those selfish ambitions and those things where we want to get ahead in life and we want to do this, this, and this, and we need a new set of glasses to be able to do what God is asking us to do. We have to let God's Word program and reprogram our mind. You can't reach your God-given potential, folks, if you're not allowing God and His Word to, to define your world, to define you as a human being and to define what comes in and out of your life. You see, God's Word, the Bible, is going to reprogram any false teaching that's in you. And please don't think that there's no false teaching in you. Because when you go to the word of God and you start to read and you start, and God starts to open up and you're like, my, my, this is not the way I think. This is not the way that I act. This is not the way that I do things. But you have to remember, this is what God wants to do in me and he wants to do that in you. He wants to make you a representative, a good ambassador, that when people look, they'll see the hope of Jesus. And when you take his word and you take it into your heart and your mind, the Lord is going to use truth to drive out any error. He's going to use it to drive out the lies, and he's going to use it to drive out all the falsehood. And he's going to rekindle that fire, so to speak. Does anybody need maybe a little fire rekindled? And it all happens just when we put our perspective back on heaven. All of a sudden, God starts to do something within you. like, my, my, this is where I want to be. I don't care about the things of the world. I don't care. This is where I want to be. I remember when we used to do the Christmas concert. I remember standing here singing. I can't sing for beans, but I was up there singing. And my heart rejoiced because there was this big, tough man. He was a tough guy, and he was big, and he didn't, it was like he didn't want to show anybody that, I don't need this stuff. But God began to move on him in that, in that, Christmas concert and singing songs about joy and about hope and this man and all of a sudden his lips started to move and then his eyes started to move and then he started to hold on to the chair a little bit harder because the Holy Spirit was moving and then this man he just the tears rolling down his eyes and my heart out there I couldn't even sing anymore because I was my heart rejoiced and there's a rejoicing and there's just something we can't find anywhere else than when God shows us how he works and we see people coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. My goodness, it just, the heart overwhelms. And God is simply asking, be my ambassadors. But you have to do what I'm asking you to do. Because <coughs> you can't just sit there. God's not going to infuse you with, a, with his word by divine injection. I read that. I found that was pretty neat. He's not going to. He's he's not going to come down and just inject you, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, right, let's go. No, <coughs> you have to take charge of your understanding, and you have to open the Word of God daily. You got to read it. You got to study it. You got to believe it, and you got to ask the Holy Spirit to help you apply it to your life, because you're representing the King of Kings. You know because. You can have a clear mind. Don't let the enemy, don't let anything try to tell you, no, you can't have a clear mind. You can have a clear mind. You can have a a mind that's focused on Christ. And you can pursue your passions and the purposes of God for your life, but you have to choose to make the Father's perspective your perspective. And make His thoughts your thoughts. And God will begin to use you as His ambassadors. He will. He will. And he'll begin to change people around you. But mostly, you know what? He's going to start by changing you. He'll start changing you in the way that you see things. He'll give you a new set of glasses. I had to laugh last weekend. We went for a drive to uh, went to a drive down to, ba- uh, to Moncton. And my son started to listen to country music. So he says, can I play you a song? I said, sure. I'd like to hear what my son's listening to. And he plays me this song. And the name of the song is called Whiskey Glasses. And the whole song is about a guy who's saying, i got to put on my whiskey glasses because I don't want to see the truth. i got to put on my whiskey glasses so I can make it through. <laughs> my goodness. But when you look at people in the world and all around you, people cover up everything now. They, got, they put on all kinds of glasses because they don't want to hear truth. They don't want to deal with truth. They want to bury their hurt. They want to bury their pain because they don't know how to deal with it. And it, to them, it, there, there's no other glasses. And as God's ambassadors, what we're to do is hit, try these glasses on. Try them on. Maybe they're going to hurt for a little bit because you're going to see the truth. You're going to understand why you do the things that you do. That's being an ambassador. Whiskey glasses. My goodness. My goodness, eh? My goodness. I, me and Roxanne laughed half the way home. We said, well, well, well. And I, and I thought about this message right away. I was like, no, people need the gospel glasses. Hey, they need the gospel glasses. They need truth glasses. They need Jesus glasses. My goodness. Charles Spurgeon said this. This is an ouch moment here. Listen to this. A church that doesn't exist to reclaim heathenism, to fight evil, to destroy error, to put down falsehood, A church that does not exist to take the side of the poor or to denounce injustice and to hold up righteousness is a church that has no right to be. Wow. And he goes on to say this, O church, not for yourself, O church, do you exist any more than Christ existed for himself. To be an ambassador of Christ, we must be like Christ. We must be ready to become an obedient servant. To be an ambassador, we have to be willing to say like Jesus said, not my will, Lord, but thine be done. Take my life and use it for your glory. Take my simple life. I have a simple life. I don't know if you have a simple life, but I don't I need things explained to me. I'm very simple. You know, I need to see things, and I have a simple life. But you know, we should be able to say, God, take my simple life and do what you want to do with it. Bring people to yourself through it. You know, when we look through the pages of Scripture, we see so many stories of people who God did miracles with because they learned the secret to being an ambassador, and it was understanding that they were to carry out God's will through obedience here on earth. That's the simplicity of it. Carry out God's will through obedience here on earth. And I'll close with this. Philippians 2 says this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility rather value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And folks, heaven's interest is seeing people reconcile to God. That's that's the interest. And being Christ's ambassadors is always about others. As ambassadors, we are the salt of the earth. Remember what God said? We are the light on the hill for a world that's in turmoil and chaos. So the question this morning is just that. Will you allow Jesus to work in and through you no matter the cost, no matter the circumstances, so that we can say like those two young men, may the land that was slain Receive the reward of his suffering. Is Jesus not worthy to have all of you? You know, a lot of times you say, Yeah, but forget the, forget the but. Forget it. Stop looking at how, yourself and how you see yourself. And, and you know, remember all that? There's so many people in the Bible that said, that God came to him and said, I want to use it. Yeah, but no, God chose you period, period, nothing else after, yeah, but I'm not, God chose you, period, you have to let go of that, that but part, sometimes it says we, we lose perspective of heaven because of the business of our world, and I do, but it says God has placed you here now in this generation for a purpose, God has a plan for your life, and sometimes we're just not willing, that's the problem too, sometimes we're just not willing, we're just not willing to surrender. But you know, when I'm in that state, I go back to Luke 17 that says this. If we try to save our lives, we're going to lose them. But if we give our lives to the glory of God, we're going to preserve it. So remember, God chose you as an ambassador in living hope. My encouragement to you today is this. Give God control and watch what he can do with a simple life, surrender to his purposes for the glory of his name and for the benefits of others. Because God wants to work. And God wants to use you. No matter where you've been, what you've done right to now, you have to come to a point and say, okay, God, listen, use my life. Take me here and now. I give my life back to you. Never mind the butts and every, every excuse that you can do because you can actually probably walk yourself right out of, God's will by doing those things. Just understand that God is sovereign. That God has a plan. That you are Christ's ambassadors. He wants to use you. He chose you for that specific reason. All we have to do is, is let him in. And let him do what he wants to do. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. God, I pray that you would help us, God, in the days that are coming to be your ambassadors, not to be scared. Lord, you told us not to fear. God, you told us that they, they're going to hate just the message of truth because they hated you first. God, would you help us to understand this message today and, God, to put it deep into our hearts and to simply come back to a place, God, of just bowing at, at the cross, Lord, and letting you do what you want to do through us. God, when we open up your word, we ask that we would be able to see it like we never saw it before. God, that you would under, just supernaturally open up our understanding of scripture and the truth. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us to apply what God is going to show us over the next several weeks in this series. Help us to apply it to our lives as we choose to follow you. And as we choose to be obedient to your will. So, Father, I just want to thank you today for your goodness and for your mercy. God looking down on us and seeing us as a sinner. God, coming and leaving everything that you had to walk as a servant so that we could be, have fellowship with you. That's how important we are to you. You want to have fellowship with us, the God of all the creation and everything, Lord. You want to have fellowship here with Doug and with everybody individually here. You want to walk with us and talk with us and lead us and guide us and bring others to you through it. So I pray, Lord, to help us to understand our standing and just the importance of being that ambassador and representing the King of Kings here on earth. So we thank you for this in Jesus' name.